What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I am your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo. No Dino tonight, unfortunately, but Ray, my friend, great week one of college football. Both of our teams got through week one wins. Ohio State, uh, a little shaky, Ray. I don't know. Um, but now we are on to week two. We're going to get some game previews. We're going to take a look back quickly at some prospects that we want to highlight. And then we'll get into our best bets. Ray, my friend, how are we doing? Yeah, I mean, college football week one was a blur. Uh, literally, I was uh, partying most of the weekend. So, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, hurting. I'm still hurting a little bit today. But you know what? That's what college football is all about, man. Day drinks, having fun with the fellas, and w- making some money. So I'm pumped up to talk about week two and just maybe take a little break, break this week, chill out, and just maybe just actually dissect and enjoy it like a grown adult for a little bit so i'm pretty excited yeah you could use it get some water in you all right yeah, i've been drinking water nonstop. <laughs> all right before we get to our game previews we got four of them for the people this week let's go over some top performers that we saw last week some nfl prospects that we really liked who's the first guy on your list so i'm going to talk about a pair of teammates on the opposite side of the ball um one i i highlighted pretty heavily in um summer scouting but troy franklin for uh, Oregon, he looked unbelievable against, I guess it was Portland State Vikings, you know, the real juggernaut school. But <laughs> seven catches, 106 yards, and two touchdowns uh, week one. The guy just showed off what I really love about him, just ability to take the top off the defense. And then his teammate, too, who I was a real fan of, I actually missed the running back episode, so I wasn't able to talk about him, but uh, Bucky Irving. Only four carries, but he had two 50-yard, 50-plus-yard touchdowns, a 56 and a 52-yarder. So uh, he's really showed his just absolute game-breaking speed off. I want to see him get a little bit more stocky and a little bit more physical. I'm, I'm really excited to see him this week against Texas Tech on the road. Uh, you get another Power 5 school, a Big 12 school that has the bigger bigger bodies, bigger uh, uh, just like bigger athletes in general. So I'm curious to see how he stacks up against them. I want to see him get a little bit more of a workload, obviously, but his, just his shiftiness and his big playability is something to marvel at. Yeah. Both those guys. I mean, score 81 points. They're both going to have good days, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, but love both those guys too. First guy I'm going to highlight is a guy that, I mean, I've been talking about for two years, lie to lot to, um, Played Coastal Carolina last week. It was 14 to 13 heading into the fourth quarter. I was um, pretty intoxicated at that point in the night, um, but I did get to see that fourth quarter. And man, I'm really glad I did because Latu Latu just absolutely took over the game when his team needed it most in the fourth quarter. Had three sacks in the fourth quarter, had five hurries the whole for the whole game. He looked bigger. He looked faster. He was really quick off the edge. And obviously, hallmark of his game is his hand fighting and was great. Did a really good job keeping keeping Grayson McCall in the pocket. So just an unbelievable start for a guy that had great numbers last year. Three sacks to start the year. So lie to, lie to, another riser again for me. Yeah, he's a he's a technician, isn't he? When he yeah. rushes the passer. He's he's it's awesome. I mean, sure, he's like, what, a fifth year senior, so like he's got that experience. He's but he's just so polished. All right. Who's uh give me one more guy for you? I'm gonna go to the defensive side of the ball this time. And this was a Thursday night game, but Tyler Newbin of Minnesota, he fucking balled out against Nebraska. I didn't realize how big he was. Like he he looks big, he looks like a linebacker kind of. He's listed at six two, two ten, but he had two picks in that game, and they were they were not fluky picks. He fucking 
really has really solid eyes and real quick to react. And he made plays on those balls. I think he had one of those was like diving or maybe both were like sort of diving, um, but which is a really good safety. I think the center field type safeties with ball skills like that are a, a premium in the NFL nowadays. So I think teams, he would have been a second round, probably a day two pick last year if he came out. So he's a fifth year senior. He's only growing his stock. I think he's going to end up being a surefire second round pick when all said and done. Yeah, he's for sure a top three safety um, in this class. Looked great last week. Love that one. Um, for me, I got Keon Coleman, who's a guy that we knew about because Brugler had him very highly ranked in his wide receiver summer scouting. We didn't really see it with the Michigan State tape, but my God, did he put on a show against LSU. Nine catches for 122 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, he looked Every part of 6'4", 215, uh, he looked fast. He caught a ton of jump balls. I mean, this is just player. Pro- yeah, it, it, it really it showed, was. I mean, it showed why he went to Michigan State to try to play basketball and play both. I mean, he literally yeah. just outbodied people in the end zone. It was fucking crazy. He's a specimen. Yeah. Him and uh, yeah, him and Johnny Wilson. Johnny Wilson's hand is 6'6". It's ridiculous trying to guard those two guys. I mean, Johnny Wilson had a couple of drops, but both those guys really tough receivers. I mean, Keon Coleman got speed. He's got size. He's got athleticism. Kind of reminds me of like a George Pickens ish type of player. Um, he's going to lin- be. Yeah. I was say, definitely a linear player like George Pickens too, like where he's going to, he doesn't need to get separation because he's just going to go up and grab that shit. Right. So he'll be a fascinating wide receiver in a very loaded group for this upcoming draft. So curious to see where, where he is, but if he keeps this up, I mean, he's playing himself into the first round for sure. Um, The last call out, I want to give a big shout out to the quarterbacks in this group. Honestly, we weren't really sure outside of Caleb Williams and, and Drake may prior to our summer scouting. I think we liked a couple guys, but these quarterbacks really showed out in week one. Um, Caleb Williams, obviously at 320, passing yards five touchdowns drake may 270 passing yards two touchdowns shadur sanders hop onto the scene why don't you five ten and four touchdowns michael Penix had 450 and five touchdowns quinn ewers had 216 three touchdowns jj mccarthy had 280 and three touchdowns bo nix 287 three touchdowns riley leonard had 175 and 100 rushing yards and a touchdown rattler threw for 350 joe milton threw for four to- uh had four total touchdowns and Jordan Travis had 350 and five total touchdowns. Big show out in week one for these quarterback groups. Curious to see who starts to separate themselves outside of Caleb Williams and Drake May, but this is a loaded group right now. Yeah, just, it's good. It's top to bottom, one of the deepest groups we've seen. I mean, I still don't think Shadur Sanders is going to end up coming out this year. I think he's going to end up staying a second year with his dad. I don't see why you come out um, unless you're going to be a surefire first round pick, but. I think he and but he really did like they came onto the scene. Obviously, we'll talk about Colorado a little bit more in a little bit, but that was an insane performance by him and just all the quarterbacks in general. I know week one in college, um, lost like slapdick matchups, you know, getting warmed up, but still they put up big numbers and there's just a lot of different uh flavors for these quarterbacks too, which I'm really excited to see how they yeah, stack I mean, up. I and I agree that's definitely obviously they're playing mostly shitty FBS teams, but I mean, I'm thinking about just one year ago when we were coming into the year, 
with Devin Leary and Tyler Van Dyke being two guys that we were really looking forward to. And week one, it kind of just fell apart and the whole season just didn't fall for them. Um, so it's nice to see how they're getting off on the right start. But Damn, good, good uh, callback. Good callback. I forgot about yeah, that. You like that one? Yeah. All right, buddy. Let's get into our game previews. We mentioned Colorado. Let's start right there. Nebraska for 22 for Colorado in the AP polls. How about that? Uh, Colorado, a three-point favorite right now. It's the first home game for Dion and company in Boulder. I think last year they averaged around 42K for fan attendance for their home games. They will have a sold-out 57,000 on Saturday. I was looking. Cheapest ticket right now is 265 if we were looking to fly out. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, Ray, how are we feeling about this game? Nebraska obviously lost a heartbreaker to Minnesota and uh, tough start for the Matt Rule era. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in terms of for Colorado, what, I'm, what I want to see from them, I want to see them establish the run a little bit more. Uh, we know what Shadur Sanders and this receiving core did. I think four guys had over 100 yards receiving. Shadur Sanders threw for over 500 yards, but they really didn't establish any sort of running game. They only ran for 55 yards. Um, I think 32 of those that were probably on sacks by Shadur Sanders, but uh, still, like they didn't, no one really stood out. And I think in a game like this, and just going forward, you're not going to be able to outscore everyone in shootouts and track meets in the Pac 12. You got to play USC. I'm pretty sure they end up playing um, either Oregon or Washington, too. So these are teams that are just, they've been together longer and can play those shootout games, those track meet games. You don't want to do that all year. So they're eventually going to have to establish a running game, which I think you got, you're going to have to start now against a, a test like this in a big 10 team. Uh, their O-line, a little shaky against TCU. They allowed four sacks. And like I said, not much of a run game. So I want to see improvement up front for them. And then in, for Nebraska, if they, they're the opposite of Colorado, their offense was fucking anemic last week. They only had 10 points. Jeff Sims, Showed some good dual threat ability, but he threw three picks too. If they won't have any chance of winning this game, they have to completely take the air out of the football and dominate the trenches. They got it on both sides of the ball. They need to run, 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 and they need to beat in Shadur Sanders' face all game long. That's the only way they have a chance. I still, I know this this line is the trap of all traps, but I do like Colorado minus three. Yeah, I trap game if I've ever seen one, but also like it's a trap coming at. It's, <laughs> Dude, coming out of last week for Nebraska, it was an absolute heartbreaker. You know what that stadium is going to be like on Saturday. How can you have any confidence going into that game? I think just on sheer will, Colorado is going to win this game. Um, yeah, you hit it. You hit the nail on the head. I think Nebraska. They Jeff Sims has got to do it with his legs a little bit. Take the air completely out of this game. I mean, Colorado wants to run. 70 plays if possible. I don't know if they're going to get to that number against Nebraska. Um, and I just, I don't know what they're going to, what they're going to do to be able to stop this offense. I, they looked really good against the run against Nebraska. I think they were only allowing like 2.2 yards of carry against Minnesota, but that's not what Colorado wants to do. I don't think Nebraska has the dudes and the athletes on the outside to stop Hunter and Edwards and Jimmy Horn. My, I, they had three guys, uh, four guys go over a hundred yards last week. I, th- I think pressure is going to be their, the name of their game. Their, their defensive line needs to beat Colorado's big uh, offensive line. Uh, they had three sacks last week against PJ flex, uh, like heavy RPO offense. So maybe like that's, maybe they get pressure on Sanders and they can get them rattled for some, some turnovers. 
we have to remember this still, this team is completely new still. So like they, 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 there's going to be a little bit of a growing pain, even though we didn't see it week one, I would assume. But that being said, these are both coaches. I think that kind of do the opposite in the sense of like team building where Dion brought in everyone and Matt rules history has shown that the first year he takes over a school, it's a tear down. He wants to tear that shit down. So I, I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with them. Like you said. Yeah. I mean, yeah, pressure, pressure is the name of the game, but I think they're going to really have to try to get home with four. I think they need oh, yeah. to keep their DBs on the, f- I mean, they're going to need six DBs on the field at all times. Um, so it, it'd be very, very interesting to see. I know this atmosphere is going to be absolutely crazy for Dion. I know the boys are going to be hyped up. So uh, over under, I'll set the line at 95 and a half plays for Travis Hunter. How many did he have last week? He had 115. I, was, I remember he had like 60 something in the first half. And you said, what is it, 90 something? I'm going to say 95 and a half. I'm going over. Going over? Yeah. All right. That Dude, <laughs> 115 plays? That's insane. That. Legitimately insane. I, I, yeah. With the altitude, it might might be a little lower. Try oh, to rest fuck, them up a little bit. True, good call. Yeah, especially yeah. if they if the game gets out of hand a little bit, which I mean, this line doesn't indicate that that's going to happen, but who knows? Right. Uh, let's move on to our second game. Really nice game. Uh, one of two ranked games this week. Got number twenty, Ole Miss, uh, on the road at number twenty four, Tulane. Ole Miss a seven point favorite right now. Ray, what do you think about this one? Yeah, Ole Miss is. Um... They're a weird team. What I'm looking for in this game, I want to see who's going to take over that 1B role to Judkins. Just with the the style that Ole Miss plays, their up-tempo style, Like I think what they're at their best when Judkins is fresh in that second half, fourth quarter, where he can just bulldoze people and he's an absolute load. Um, but last week, no one, none of their other backs ran for over 30 yards or five yards per carry. They were all, I think uh, their highest was... What's his name? Uh, Bentley, and he ran for like 27 yards. So I want to see whether it's Bentley, Jam Griffin, or Matt Jones. Someone needs to take over that role and and help spell um, Judkins because we've we saw what he did last year with Zach Evans as that as his running mate. They fucking dominated. So I think this offense is at its best when they have a little bit of a committee approach, a two headed monster, and they can really run the shit out of the ball. And then for Jackson Dart, he played a pretty clean game last week, but Spencer Standards is uh, nipping at his heels. So I, I think that he he's had a lot of pressure to just keep playing clean because you have an experienced quarterback who's done it uh, sitting right behind you. Uh, and also for on offense, uh, Trey Harris really balled out last week. Six catches, 133 yards, and four touchdowns. He, this is his first year at Ole Miss. Uh, I think he transferred from Louisiana Tech, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he's got everything uh, Lane Kiffin loves in wide receiver. He's got size, 6'2", and big playability. So I'm really curious if he's going to take on that number one role or if uh, – who's their other wide receiver? Heath, is that his name? Is that mm-hmm. something, like, something like that? I want to see if, if he gets a little bit more looks this week because he only had like 60 or so receiving yards last week. And then yeah, for Tulane – my bad. Yeah, and then I, I just want to touch on Tulane too, because mm-hmm. you you didn't you missed touching on him when you're a little quarterback rant. But Pratt's line last week was fucking Pratt. ridiculous. Pratt's awesome, dude. Fourteen of fifteen for two ninety five and four touchdowns. Uh, I'm just curious to see how he'll play against this uh, SEC level competition. They like to get him out in the move a lot, um, but if they want to have any chance to win, I think he's got to absolutely fucking ball out 
because this uh, Ole Miss offense is a nightmare scheme for, I feel like, especially when you're not a power five school. Yeah, this two-lane run defense isn't great either. Um, Judkins kind of had a tough day last week, but I don't expect that to continue, but they really need to to hold him down. And like you said, Michael Pratt, I mean, he's been great the last couple of years, especially last year, played, played his ass off. Um, I actually think he's a better quarterback in this game between him and Dart. Um, I, I he's got to so be too. He's got to be special. I mean, he. Uh, I think this new look offense for them too. I a um, little bit more explosive uh, for them. So he needs to hit on some big plays and uh, kind of like Nebraska. I feel like they also need to kind of take the air out of the game too because Ole Miss can get going in a hurry. Yeah, and then I, I was gonna say also on that Tulane um for that defense, they can't get lulled to sleep and just get kind of um like they can have the tempo affect them where they just keep playing downhill, 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 because they will take a shot over the top. And if they if they win on two or three of those shots, the game's gonna get out of hand, I think. Right. Yeah, Tulane, I think they had five sacks last week, so they need that pressure to to continue. They need to contain Jackson Dart and make him just a pocket thrower. Don't let him get going on the move. Um, Cause that, that's where he can be really, really special. Um, that's going to be a really interesting one. I think it stayed at seven. Um, I saw seven and a half, seven and a half. I, I, are you mm. going to bet this one? I think I'm staying away from it, but if it's seven and a half, I'd probably lean to lane. I, I was dude. I was, I'm literally in the same board as you. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to bet it right now, but that's a T if it's seven and a half, that's a tease line. If I've ever seen Tulane one. at home, they, like uh, Ole Miss struggle, get their running game going a little bit last week. So I don't know. I think this is a statement game for Ole Miss. They can, I think it, it could be a letdown a little bit. Yeah. Let's move on to the third one. Another good game. Uh, number 23. This is my favorite game. Yeah. No, number 23, Texas A&M. Uh, going into Miami, they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Texas A&M, big, big explosion from Connor Wyman last week. Um, they only scored 28 points one time against FBS schools last year. So I'm throwing that game last week completely out. That game isn't counting for me. What do you think about this one? you think that offense keeps it going? And, I mean, this is a matchup of two great defensive fronts. Dude, this is this is like you said. If the defensive fronts on both teams are elite, but this Texas, these are also this is a massive, massive game for both programs. Jimbo Fisher's seat, I, despite his whatever hundred million dollar contract he has, it's fucking hot right now. And yeah, uh, Cristobal, second year in Miami, a win here against a ranked A and M, I think that's going to do wonders for them, especially on the recruiting trail. But I, I'm such a sucker for AM, dude. They've recruited at such a high level for these last few years, and their their young guys are fucking balling. They balled out week one. Uh, you mentioned it, uh, Weigman or Wegman. I don't know how to pronounce it, but he looked really fucking good last week. And their sophomore wide receivers were the ones who dominated. Um, Evan Stewart put up eight catches, 115 yards, two touchdowns. And then Noah Thomas, I think he was like a three-star recruit last year. But even he's a bigger body. He put up six for 74 and uh, three touchdowns as well. Moose Muhammad didn't get as much work too. So, but, but we all know what he can do. He's one of my favorite receivers in this draft class. So they have so many weapons on the outside. And with Connor Weigman uh, dealing the ball, I think this offense has a ton, a ton of upside. But that front that Miami has against Leonard with Leonard Taylor leading the way, they need to keep him upright in order for them to achieve um, their potential. And then, but on the other side, A&M's front also fucking dominated last week too. And they have so much talent on that front as well. 
Walter Nolan had like seven tackles, a couple tackles for a loss, I think. And Shermer Turner, who's a draft eligible junior, had a sack mm-hmm. and a couple of TFLs as well. They have so many five stars on that defensive front. It's only a matter of time, I think, before they explode. Yeah. Um, I mean, this new look Bobby Petrino offense, I think it was massive for them to come in. Like I said, they only scored 28 points plus points last year once. Um, so you put out a 50 burger. Uh, it's more pace. There's more explosive throws for Wyman. They got the receivers now to kind of do it. Um, I'm really looking for, we mentioned uh, both fronts for uh, for defenses. I'm looking towards the back end for this Miami defense to really step up. Um, Kitchens, who is the best safety in the class. That guy is an absolute animal. Um, and James Williams, too, who's a 6'5 monster playing safety. Um, both those guys... Got to be heady, got to be ready to go, um, and they can't let the explosives go for for Texas A and M. This is going to be a really good game. Yeah, good, good call on that too. I think Kitchens, uh, I think he's got to maybe get in the the youngsters' head on the other side of the ball and force a turnover or two. I think that would really go a long way for helping Miami get this upset. And then on Miami's offense, I didn't really say much, but Van Dyke he needs to be a game manager. They need to yep. run the they need to fucking run the rock. Try at least try to against this uh, tough A and M front. But their two running backs, I think, each had like ninety yards last week. Um, yeah, they ran for like they ran for like seven yards a carry last year. They did uh, last game. They they did a good job last week. I know that this front is much better than they're facing, um, but they do they need they need to pound the rock. Yeah, and Van Dyke just needs to protect the fucking football. He's I don't know like he had a lot of hype coming into last year, but I think he's got to be taking on a little bit more of a backseat role in this offense. Right. All right, buddy, let's get to the main event. Best game of the weekend. We've been looking forward to it all offseason. Number 11, Texas, going into Tuscaloosa. Number three, Alabama. Bama is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite right now. I mean, this has got dudes on all sides of the ball. I'm sure that all 32 NFL teams are going to have representatives at this game tomorrow uh, on Saturday. What are you thinking about this one? Yeah, I mean, there's just talent all over the fucking place. I think, I mean, I'm rooting for Texas as hard as humanly possible. (laughs) I want Texas to be back so fucking badly. I feel like it's better for college football. But in order for Texas to win this game, that offensive line needs to play a lot better against this Alabama front. Uh, They need to give Quinn Ewers a little bit more time and just let him dish the ball out to all those fucking weapons. And then also, I want to see more um, of their freshman running back, C.J. Baxter, because he, I think he had five carries for 38 yards last week, uh, 7.6 yards per carry, but that guy has some fucking juice. So I think he needs to play a big part in this game as well. And then uh, the other matchup, I guess, Alabama's offense versus Texas's defense. Texas's run defense has been really was really stout last year, and it's looking really stout this year too. My only question is, Jalen Miller keeps the ball, how that their linebacking core is going to be able to chase him down because he was really effective running the ball last week. Dude, that guy is special in the open field. He is, he's big, he's physical, and he's fucking fast. Um, I i agree. I think that's the key to the game. If they can hold him in the pocket somehow and not let him get loose, um, I think Texas has got a shot. But I really think if, if they're able to control the ball for Alabama, if they're able to control the run game, I think their defense might take take over a little bit against that Texas offensive line. Obviously, Texas got dudes everywhere in the wide receiver room that Quinn Ewers needs to let them go make plays. Um, but I think 
I think this game early will show if Texas is up for the challenge or not. Um, and for, for Alabama, I mean, we said it last year, I'm still waiting for somebody in this wide receiver room to, to establish themselves. I mean, I know they, they all looked okay last week against, against uh, middle Tennessee, but Burton and Prentice, like somebody's got to step up and just be a dude. Um, Cause if Milrow starts to progress a little bit, I wasn't so high on Alabama coming into this year, but if he can start to progress a little bit, uh, they're going to be dangerous because that because that, that offensive line is nasty and that defense is just has five stars everywhere. Yeah, I mean, th- that Alabama team is going to go as far as Milrow takes them. Uh, let's just be real. That's how, that's where it's going to come. If, they, if he can progress into maybe not like an NFL caliber quarterback, but a, maybe I don't, I don't want to say Heisman caliber, but I think somewhere in between a Heisman and like all conference, they're going to be in the playoffs and they're going to be a real fucking threat. But one last matchup I'm looking forward to in this game, the true freshman Caleb Downs really showed out last week too. They've been raving about him literally all summer. That's all I hear about is Caleb Downs and how fucking special he is. I, he's going to need to have a big game against this Sarkeesian air attack because you know, they want to throw the ball fucking deep, especially with Xavier worthy. So I'm curious to see how that matchup goes and if they put him on JT Sanders at all in the past game too, because that's another weapon that they have to pay attention to. Yeah, I think Sark is definitely ready for for this game. I was reading uh I was reading somewhere that, you know, they started a little slow last week, Texas did, and maybe it's just because they didn't really care about week one if they won by 20 or if they won by 50 and it was all roads lead to this game against Alabama and he was going to be prepared and ready for this game you have all season to prepare for this game instead of just a week um so Sark's gotta scheme up some stuff let those wide receivers get loose a little bit and Quinn Ewers gotta hit him um seven and a half is a dangerous line how do you feel about that well I mean the line's terrifying I'm not taking the spread line in that game I can't do it yeah, I think I would probably oh god. I think I would probably lean Alabama, but I'm terrified and there's no way I'm touching this straight up. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough line. It's line scary. I yeah. wish Texas was home. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice. All right. It's gonna be a really, really fun weekend. Let's get to best bets. Um, should we start with Dean? Yeah, read Dean's off. All right, we'll start with Dean. Dino uh Won all five units last week, so so good for him. Dean's got two and a half units on New Mexico at Liberty. He's got them plus ten and a half. Um, not sure where he pulled that one from, but guy's a sicko. Uh, and then he's got two and a half units on NC State plus seven and a half uh, home against Notre Dame. That's going to be a really interesting game. Sam Hartman's been absolutely balling the last two weeks, so uh, looking looking for that one. Yeah, I mean. That game's gonna be. I think. I mean, I'll talk. I'll talk about that game in a little bit. I guess. Yeah, you're touching on that one. Yeah, I'll touch that one a little bit. All uh, right, you you go ahead. Run me three years. So to start out, I went two units on Florida Atlantic at home versus Ohio. They're minus two and a half. I bought that down. It was at nice. three and a half. But uh, Tom Herbin's coaching at Florida Atlantic. They, I mean, he's my guy despite his failure at Texas. Love me some Tom Herman offense. Uh, and I think uh, Casey Thompson's really going to ball out. I just like the I like the line here at home versus Ohio. So that was minus 156. Uh, second bet, 
I put two uh another one unit on Texas money line plus two thirty. That's just a that's just a homer bet. Not even a homer. I'm not a Texas fan, but that's just what I want to happen. I want to have some juice on that game. And I do honestly, I think two oh plus two thirty line. Don't think that's bad. I think it's a lot better than getting uh, a touchdown because I think if they do lose this game, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a uh, like a seventeen to twenty one point loss. And then yeah. I'm going to round it out with a two unit teaser. I got NC State plus thirteen and a half home versus Notre Dame. I love NC State's defense. I think them being home too is going to be massive in this game. Twelve o'clock start. I think they keep it within a score. Uh, and then I got another one, Baylor plus 13 and a half home uh, versus Utah. I know Baylor, I think they lost last week, right? To some like yep. Texas state or some shit. But that being said, um, I think this is a letdown game waiting to happen that Utah just coming off that big win against Florida. And also if Cam Rising does end up suiting up, I kind of like this bet even more a little bit. I think he's going to be a little hobbled and it may take a little time for him to get going. And then my final leg in that is going to be Washington minus 28 and a half uh, home versus Tulsa. I just uh, really love, I lo- I think Washington's offense is just fucking dynamic. I think they're going to win by four plus touchdowns easy. Yeah, some some good ones in there. Uh, I'm on the opposite side of your, uh, your Baylor bet. And for everybody that knows, I am the fade God. So maybe this is a, maybe this you feel is a good. T- yeah, maybe this is a sign. Um, I did buy a point. Uh, so I'm taking Utah minus six and a half, uh, for two and a half units just to get that under a touchdown. Bill looked awful last week, honestly. And, uh, Blake Shapin fucked up his knee too. So no quarterback for them. No Zeno either. Right. Um, he's not playing for Baylor either. I wonder uh, what he's up to. You- yeah. <laughs> Probably didn't like the CFL. Um, this Utah defense really got after Florida last week. They had five sacks. I think Baylor will really need to try to hit on some explosive plays. And I just don't know if they're good enough to do that, especially without their starting quarterback. I don't think Cam Rising is going to go in this game, but Bryson Barnes looked good enough uh, where he's going to be stable. He's going to let them ride it out. I think Nate Johnson, who's a dynamic runner, I think he's also probably going to get some snaps in this game as well. Um, but I think they keep this team afloat, and I think this is uh, I think they win by at least a touchdown. Hey, I think man. they win by 10. I-, I teased it, we can both win, it's fine. We can both win. I, I just said, yeah. I think they win by 10. Let's go, let's fade God. Uh, my last one is a two and a half unit teaser. I got Oregon minus a half, and then I have under 58 and a half for Texas AM Miami. Um, Oregon looked great last week. Texas Tech is coming off a very bad loss against Wyoming where they couldn't stop a fourth down and then a two-point conversion to to close out the game. Um, so I really love Oregon. I love the weapons. Blake uh, Bo Nix looked really good last week, so I'm going to keep it with the hot hand there. And then this under, I really love this. I mean, I really love these defensive fronts like we mentioned in our previews for both of these teams. I think points are going to be a little bit tough to come by, um, especially – with the better offense on the road. Um, and then I think McKinley Jackson and Shamar Turner for AM are really going to get after Van Dyke. Um, so I think points are going to be tough to come by for Miami. And then for AM, like I just said, I think they get the win. But with those DBs back there with Kitchens and, and James Williams and their front going to get after this Texas AM offensive line, I think 58 and a half is a, uh, is a good spot for me to go under there. 
surprised by that Oregon Texas Tech line. Doesn't seem doesn't it smell a little trappy to you? It smells insanely trappy to me, but I just think Oregon. I mean, at this point where I made it a pick'em, I just think Oregon's too good, um, and I don't think they lose this game. That's fair. All right, my friend, going to be a very, very fun week of college football. That's going to wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our week two preview. Stay with us. We got the NFL this week, my friend. Jet up on Monday. So pumped for that. We got some NFL opening tonight on Thursday with the Chiefs and the Lions. So stay tuned for some recaps for the NFL, some recaps for college football. We're going to keep it rolling all season. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at two tackles with the number two. You can also find us now on underdogpodcast.com and stick with us. We continue this 2023, 2024 season. Ray, my friend, appreciate you.